When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the Sunday night Q&A. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield, and I am with you with my mate from the future. It is from the Touchdown Under. We have Marky D. This is the first time the two of us have ever done a show, just us. I'm so excited about this. Mark, I was going to ask how you're doing this evening, but I guess you should say, how's your Monday morning going? <laughs> it's pretty good. That's kind of crazy. Like it's, uh, what are we, 11 a.m.? And uh, yeah, I guess I'm one half of the touchdown under on. I think we do that. Oh, it's so okay. Look, I can't. Th- I can't figure out the dates. So what are we now? It's your. <laughs> it's your Sunday. It's our Sunday evening right now. My Monday. We do that on Saturday, which is your Friday. Yep. Oh, <laughs> it, it gets me every time. And you know what? This season two, the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing at one p.m. and like I have like like a million games. Yes. And I will be getting up at three a.m. every time. Like, wow, there, there's only I think there are more 1 p.m. games than there are 4 p.m. games or something. Oh, like that. Uh, yeah, there's only I'm trying to think is there only one 4 p.m. game? If that, yeah, I mean, not, not I, there's the five primetime games like you always get with the Steelers, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to look it up here right now. But I'm trying to think that there's it's very limited with the four o'clock games, <laughs> so, so every, lots every of 1 p.m. 1 PM is, games, which are great. It's just every 1 p.m. game is just 3 a.m. for me or 4 a.m., so uh, yeah. that's a problem, but. It's it's something I've I've done all my life is is wake up and sometimes I don't even go to bed like I want to go to bed <laughs> week one like I'll be up at twelve a.m. or eleven a.m. going I should sleep and then four hours later there's a game on you think I'm going to sleep before week one away at Bengals <laughs> no no and, and honestly other than the preseason there are no four o'clock games unless week eighteen that it's not scheduled yet it could be saturday or sunday against the browns it could be any of those times in there and they could flex one of those games i mean it's not a full flex but they could bump it to the to the national game but right now the steelers it's yeah it's a lot of one o'clock games so the only four o'clock game technically it's 4 30 is the third preseason game wow. that's it and and and, <laughs> and everything for for this season so, so that's interesting because man oh man i not, not to complain but back in 2019 i went to Four games. The earliest one was a four fifteen. All the rest, you know, I, I went to one four fifteen kickoff. All the rest of them, I went to a okay. preseason game. It was seven thirty. Two primetime games. It was oh, it was miserable. I got, got one argument, and it's not even a question. It's more of a statement, okay. right? I have a big problem with like you guys saying, "Oh, we don't want to go out to Christmas Day and you know, or Christmas Eve and watch the Raiders. That'll be the best game for me to watch ever." <laughs> well, because, a- yeah, because that's going to be what and like. <laughs> What like like eleven a.m. Christmas? No, I'm talking if I was coming over to Pittsburgh. Like oh, if you're coming a, to Pittsburgh as a single guy with no family, oh, and just, absolutely, just, just for the love of the Pittsburgh Steelers, that would be the best game on the whole season. Is it Christmas uh, Eve? That's my birthday, by the way. Yes. In, in America too, and then oh, going right. into Christmas, that'd be the best time. And then a lot of you blokes always like, oh, but we've got to ride, and I've got to do this, I've got to drive home. I'd be like, man, I would just stay there. I would just camp outside. And just, you know, is there a big tree in Pittsburgh, the Christmas tree? I'll go sleep under that. <laughs> right. That to me would be the number one game, I think, as as a spectacle is Steelers versus Raiders. If it means something, that to me is like probably one of the best games all year mm. to see. See, to, to me, it takes away from the family because my parents come in for Christmas, my 
um, you know, I have little kids and everything. So I'm like, I can't, I can't, couldn't be in Pittsburgh until 11 something. I couldn't be getting home at 5 a.m. from the game like I did when I went to the, when I had to spoon with, with bad at the, <laughs> at the, at the, what was that? The Bills game in 2019. But that was because we were driving home in a snowstorm as well. But I'm like, I can't be getting home at that time. That's why I get up on Christmas Eve with the kids. So, you know, we have traditions and things like that that we do on Christmas Eve that that's going to kind of throw a wrench into. But, you know, it is what it is. But there's no way I could attend that game well, in my situation. But if it, But if I wasn't in my situation, I would love to. But even for me, even for me being here in Australia and for Maddie as well. So that Christmas Eve uh, game will be on our Christmas Day. Yeah, I can't think of anything better. Waking up, <laughs> buying myself a new jersey because no one else will. Right, mm-hmm. open the new jersey, wear that. Twelve p.m. comes around, crack a few beers. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I'm not too hungover from my birthday before. Crack beers, <laughs> watch the Steelers beat the Raiders on 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 Christmas Day, and we have like family stuff too. Like we do family stuff during during the uh, the morning. Mm-hmm. And everyone just goes and does, does their own thing because they're all pretty tired and stuff like that. And a lot, a lot of my friends, I see some of my friends, but sometimes they're way too busy seeing everyone else. So I'm like, it's a free day. I'm just going to watch the Steelers, like a big screen TV, and zone out. And it's Christmas Day for me to watch the Steelers play. That, I, that to me is just fantastic. Yeah. See, when, when it came to that weekend, I was like, all right. Now, we're, we're going to get to questions. I'm ready for you all to fire them away in the live chat. This is what this is supposed to be all about. But now we're talking about this this game that was that, that was coming on with Christmas being on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, therefore, most of the games are on Saturday. I was looking at that. Like, the best time for the Steelers for me would have been if that was their Thursday game. Right. If it would have been their Thursday game, I would have been really happy with that because it would actually be more convenient to be on Thursday than less convenient for me. Then the next best one would have been Monday night. Then the next best to me would have been probably Christmas primetime. You know, the, um, then Christmas at four, then Christmas Eve at one. But to me, the worst times were would have been Christmas at one and Christmas Christmas Eve at 4.30 probably would have been tied. But the absolute worst was the prime time on Christmas Eve, just because <laughs> of trying to get everything else done and ready and, and all that with 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 Christmas. But that's but not I don't expect everyone to be in the same boat as me. If if I was someone who traveled to Pittsburgh because that's where my family was, my mm-hmm. goodness, we should all go to the game. That's what that's what I'd be doing. But that's just you know to, to each their own, and that's why I'm like, oh man, is anyone going to want to go to that game? I put my tickets up for sale. Boom, they were gone. I'm like, good, people want to go to that game. I went to the Steelers versus Ravens Christmas Day game, and that was yes, that was absolutely amazing. And mm-hmm. like with my story, there, I I stood around for half an hour to soak it all in. Um, and yes, it was my first game, but we heard two renegades. We won the division. And there was something special about it. And I know it's hard for family and stuff like that, but as a pure, just a, just a fan base uh, or, or as a Steeler fan, you're like, it's amazing to be there on Christmas Day. And I had like, I was working a bad job, like washing dishes. I didn't want to wash dishes. So I, I said, you know what? I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> hang out with my family. I'm going to hang out with yeah. 64,000 people uh, wearing the black and gold. And it was just the, the best thing ever. Best thing ever. Yeah. And, and that one, I, I loved watching that game. That, to me, that was perfect. That was four 30 Christmas day, get everything done with Christmas. You know, my, my parents had come to visit. They were, they had moved, they had gone on to my sisters, my son. I'm trying to think how old would he have been? How many years ago was that? That was before I was with BTSC. So that had to be what like, was that? Was that 2016 or 2017? When, when was that? 20, uh, 2016 season. Yeah, 2016 season, yeah. and so I mean, my goodness, we're talking six years ago. So, so, so my son was five, five or six. He was sitting. I, I was watching by myself. My except my son was down in the room putting together his Legos that he got for Christmas. So he's just sitting there churning out Legos. I'm watching the game. All of a sudden, I'm just I'm up. I'm pacing. I'm jumping all over. <laughs> I am screaming. That is, I will never forget that game. And I wasn't there, but mm. I had season tickets and I, the, I, I sold them to someone that I knew that it was just him and his wife. They didn't have kids. They're like, Oh, what a great trip. Let's go to, let's go to Pittsburgh for, for Christmas. And they did it. And it was the most amazing experience for them. So trust me, where, where were you sitting? Uh, 
I was sitting like uh, behind the the coach's bench or the Steelers bench, right? Okay. Uh, around the fifty or forty. Um, how do I explain it? I guess yeah, the home side and like and like the the good seats are the like mid like you know mid level, about twenty mm-hmm. rows back or twenty five rows back. Cost me about yeah. four hundred dollars of like Ooh. USD, but I was like, meh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> money's money. I'll yeah. Hey, I mean, you were in the you were in the U.S. to watch the Steelers. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you, you, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. So here we go. Let's here here we got a question. This is from Steelers Freak. He says everything I see and hear about Daniels makes me wonder if he would be better at center. He has played the position before and played with Mitch. Could he be um, QB two on the field and anchor the whole line? What would you think of them having Daniels at center? Well, it, immediately I would think, why would they bring in Mason Cole? If they mm-hmm. if they wanted to move him to to center, but could Mason Cole then play guard? Um, I just like personally, I like what what uh, Daniels is doing for our organization already. I think yeah. he's so well spoken, such a confident guy, and I think he's ready to win. I think he's ready to lead this offense, and we need that physical power that he can bring. But also the to be you know versatile as well in in any offense or offensive line because we know that um, people get injured all the time. So if they know how to play different positions, why not? It, it helps out the offense. Yeah. Because you know, in some in some uh, years, I think it was like the Chargers, or it's, some teams can can do twenty different different uh, you know variations of the line. Yeah, and we don't want to see that. We want to have a cohesive unit. But if it does happen, if they can play at center, fantastic. I just want to see them like I was watching back in the old days, uh, old days with Alan Fennick and those guys, how they pushed off the line and already had three or four yards separation of handling that defensive guy, push him all the way back, and gave room for the running backs to run around. That's what I would say. Yeah, and and honestly, if you're looking at it really being kind of, you know, four dogs, three bones, is that can we say it that way? <laughs> Did you kind of have four main guys fighting out for the for the three interior offensive line positions? If you're looking at James Daniels, I mean, some people are more locked in than others, but James Daniels, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, Mason Cole, those are the four. The only one who doesn't who can't or not that it can't, but hasn't played center is Dotson. Really, any of them, you know, Daniels did it in in college. He did a little bit. It's because he crushed the ball. If he held the ball in his hands, he crushed it. (laughs) Like it looked like a little pin in his hands. But but you also got to look at you're like, oh, it's really important for the Steelers to have that center. It's really important for them to have that right guard too. I mean, think about that. David DeCastro held that mm-hmm. down for a long time. Um, it, it's not like it's a lesser position. I see what you're saying there, Steelers freak. I just don't know that that's what the Steelers would do. And and part of the reason I I say that is, to me, if we look at the tackles from last year, and and they say, oh, Chooks Okorafor needed to stay at right tackle. To me, that wasn't as much Chooks needing to be on the right as if. Um, Dan Moore, if he was going to be a starter in the preseason, he played so much better at left than at right. I really feel Chooks was going to give you similar play either place. Some people might say, oh, he wasn't nearly as good at left. Well, maybe he wasn't, but I'll tell you what, Dan Moore, left versus right was a huge difference if you go back. Like, look at his PFF scores and things like that. And and it could have been because he was going against better competition when he was on the right side because of the way the games played out. So that's also kind of tough, too. But based on that, it seemed like Chooks, Chooks wasn't the right tackle because he couldn't play left. He was the right tackle because somebody else they were stronger at left than they were at right. That could be the same kind of deal when it comes to, to, to James Daniels. If Mason Cole ends up being the center, Mason Cole was probably stronger at center than he would be at guard, where Daniels is probably, you know, I have it with my church softball team. I have one player that I could put him anywhere on the field and he would be the best player at that position. I just got to decide where I'm going to put him. So you're like, oh, wow, he's, but what is he best at? He's best at third base. Where do I end up playing him? Left field because that's where I need him the most. You know what I'm saying? It, it, and that could be well, the same thing with Daniels. Yeah. Sometimes we forget that these guys are just football players. You yeah. Know, overall, they're a football player, and they're probably jokingly laughing. I can play any position. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you put me. Just put me there. I mean, I mean, think about it. Kelvin Beecham had to play center before he was a before he was the left tackle. He was just the guy that was the reserve offensive line when Pouncey went down. He had to come in and play center for a while. So that's just one of those things. So now I'm, I'm trying to look for the next question. I should have already had it up here. I know I saw one. I just got, I don't want to miss one. 
Um, so ah, and then it skips on me. Okay, here we go. Because I, I knew I knew the Pittsburgh Owen had a had a good question there. It says, "Do we need to sign a vet to replace to it, or is there enough quality depth?" I talked about Whoa. this some on the preview. You want to go? I, we've all kind of kind of addressed this in different places, but I would like to have this conversation with you right it's, now. It's, what it's, what, it's what do you think? Because I was so sold on to it coming back. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, and I know he made the decision, and I I respect that one hundred percent. But now it's time to move on, and who do we who do we put in that in that spot? Um, quality depth is a, is probably a good way to put it. Who would be who would be? Because like starter wise, do you put in there in Wormley? Do you put in in, in Leal? He's a, he's the rookie. Do you go with Louder um, Milk? too. He looks. I, I do like Louder Milk this year. Yeah. I think turning to like a mini cam kind of stuff. I, I, I want to see what he does in the preseason. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. what he's going to do in the preseason because he wasn't really talked about too much last mm-hmm. year. Then this year he's probably obviously. All these fellas too, like you look at Najee's legs, like they just get bigger over the offseason. They're in a program for a reason, right? You know, in a strength and conditioning program to get yeah. better. Um, I, you do, what, what do you do with Mondo? Does Montrevis Adams come into the mix too, and then you move Aluwalu out there? I don't, yeah. I don't really. It, I don't know if there's a set guy that needs to be there, but because in my mind, I was so, I was so set on Cameron Haywood, Aluwalu, and it. and I was like, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's the dream team. But now with Tua retiring, it's. I, I really don't know who's going to fill that void, and do we? Is, will that be our weakest area, or are we overthinking it? And the Steelers already have it, you know, pieced together, and they're like, "There's no, it's no worries." Yeah, and I, I, it was always in the back of my mind that I'm like, I could just see it be in the end, whether it was his choice or the Steelers' choice. For some reason, the way they weren't talking, and then I mentioned on the Scobro show that the June 1st was coming up the next day. I'm like, there's just something about that date that's making me scared about the Tuit situation. And, he, and he, all he my never, worst nightmares came true. You know? I know, but he, he never do. Like, it was such a weird, it's such a weird storyline we had yeah. for the last year or so. Because Tuit never talked to the, the media. No. Like, at all. It was always it was us, our shows, other shows all around the world was like, will to it play? And we didn't know. We didn't know what was going to happen. So, yeah. and throughout the season, will he play? And now he never talked to media and he's he's, he's going through some from, through stuff and he's retired. So it's such a weird feeling. I don't know who's going to fill that void, but, but what I do like is I know that we have Cameron Haywood and I know yeah. that we have, we have a Lulu coming back after the injury. He's not, he's not done yet. No. So who's going to step up? Hopefully it can be a louder move, and we go. If we're surprised by someone who does step up in that role and be blown away by their production, I think we're fine because this defense is. Yeah. Oh man, this doesn't even start. Yeah, well, see, I have an article coming out pr- probably tomorrow, but unless there's a bunch of other news and it gets bumped, it's about you know there was a lot. It's about Tyson Alalalo, and and the question was that, that I was bringing up was. Everyone had their had a lot of eggs in the to it basket. Oh, the defensive line get better. You get Alawalo, you get to it back. If even if only one of them is is what they were in 2020, the Steelers are going to be better. Mm-hmm. Well, now two it's out of the equation. So it's kind of like oh, there's a lot of eggs in the Alualu basket. And he's 35. I had said, I think on the preview, I said I thought he was 34 because I thought he was a year older than Cam Hayward. He has another year experience. He was drafted a year before Cam, but he was already a year older. So he is 35. So I misspoke there. Um, so you're you're he's you could look at it. Well, he only played a game and some more, not even two games last year. Maybe his body's rested, or maybe his body is going. You know, I said it right there. Father time. Maybe father mm-hmm. time's going to catch up to him. But there seems like there's a lot put on Alualu when it comes to like the hopes of the lines from Sealer fans. And it's it, but it's just like we don't we don't know what to expect, but we didn't know what we were going to expect with Tuit coming back. Was he going to be the player he was in 2020? Was he just not going to be the same? And honestly, if he knew he wasn't going to be the same and decided to retire, good for him. Good for him. Don't come back and be a shadow of your former self just just to do it if your heart's not in it and you're not and you're and you know you won't be the same player. So, but maybe he would have been the same player, but his heart just wasn't in it and knew he needed to move on. But we answered it. Go ahead. Yeah, we also saw stuff too with Montrevious Adams near the end of the year. I think, you know, in the first few games, I think he struggled a little bit, but it was but Mm -hmm. in certain in certain spots, I, I thought he played really well. And the Steelers signed him to a two-year deal. So mm-hmm. um, I trust what they're doing. I don't think we need to go out and get a, a flashy guy or a guy on the on the free agent market to really fill the spot because, yeah, second-year player in Loudermilk and Leal too, these fellas know what's going on. Yeah. And maybe it, it could be a weak spot 
on the D-line. But I think overall, like, something just tells me that Cameron Haywood is going to pump these guys up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he, he's embarrassed, mate. He's embarrassed about what happened last year, being the 32nd best. 140 yards per game is embarrassing uh, to see as a Steelers defense. And it was yeah. – no one wanted to tackle. And, and, you know, I can't go out there and do a better job. But, honestly, no one wanted to tackle. And yeah. this year – Going into uh, the first game versus Jerry Burrow and Joe Mixon, those fellas, we have to stop those guys in the run and get a chance to at least allow um, TJ Watt to get around the corner because he's he, he won't he he'll be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. probably the piece now that we don't know who's going to fill that role. Yeah, if 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 it was me making this decision, I you got to remember that Leal was the highest drafted defensive lineman by the Steelers since Javon Hargrave. You know, they hadn't, to me, I, I say, I consider, and I talked about this in the article that, that's going to be out about top picks. To me, a top pick is a day one or day two pick. If you're, which, which makes it rounds one, two, or three. The Steelers, they, they, uh, this was an article I had over the weekend. They draft defensive linemen more often than they draft wide receivers. When you talk about mm-hmm. how many do they do it per year? They've only, in, under Kevin Colbert, there was only three C, three drafts that they didn't take it a defensive lineman where there was four drafts. They didn't take a wide receiver, but they don't do it at very high. Leal was only the seventh high draft pick when it came to, to defensive line under Kevin Colbert. So it's a fairly significant um, what investment, mm-hmm. but I, I also, I still think that he was being drafted for the following year because you don't know if Alawala is going to play after this year. It's his last year under his contract. He's 35, things like that. So to me, if it comes to signing a vet, back to the original question, I would be okay if they try to make a Joe Schobert type move during training camp if needed. Maybe, you know, get the pads on these guys, maybe even get a preseason game under your belt, mm-hmm. seeing what you seeing if if Leal was overachieving from and going to be ready sooner than what you thought. See if louder milk makes a big step. See if Wormley can anchor better on on and on run defense or anything like that. If there's still any and you've got to see if Tyson Alo Alo is going to be himself, you know, be what he was before. And if and if the answer is, if there's any doubt in any of those, then you can even start scouring things, whether it's a free agent or if you have to give up a late draft pick in order to grab somebody. Um, but at the same time, if you do it now, and then all those guys do much better than what you expected, then my goodness, you I mean, it, it's great to have a lot of great players there, but you could then also have a Melvin Ingram situation, again, where someone's not getting the playing time that you brought in um, at this point of the year. So. I, I, I could see them waiting. Boy, we talked about that one a long time, didn't we? <laughs> but thanks, Bridgeburg Owen. Good question. You knew that was going to talk for a while. Here, how about here's just me? She said, Is TJ overused? Do we have or who do we have as backups? I, I don't think he's overused because he's. I don't want to. Wait, wait, wait. Are we going to get you started? We, we don't want a big argument over Tuzar Skipper again. Nah, like, <laughs> hey, man. Hey, listen, listen. Okay, with Tuzar Skipper, literally, with me and yeah. Maddie had, had the bash the other day. He got signed two days for two days, and he already went in and gone. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was my argument. But with uh, just me's question, is, is is TJ overused? I don't think he's overused because he's the best player. He's the best player on the defense. Now, overused maybe uh, you're talking about like reps or snaps or something like that. Um, I, I think you, you need to put your best player out there. Now, what I would like to put, if I was the coach, if, if say if we were winning right into the fourth quarter, yeah, take him out. Yeah. If, we're, if we're up by 20 points, take him out and there's seven minutes to go. Don't let him snap. You don't don't need. To. He's done his stuff. He, he's he's um you know he's had an impact on the game, and you get him out. Uh, who do we have as backup? Well, you do have Janard Avery. You have uh, I can never pronounce his name. Number forty eight. Tuska. You have, Tuska. That's what I say. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's Tuska or Tuska. Who, who cares? Tuska. <laughs> Tuska. Right now, that, uh, Janard Avery is, is from the Eagles, and I thought he's a pretty big fellow. I think he can try and do something. I haven't seen him, but I was just really excited about Skipper coming back and having a chance because what I saw in twenty nineteen. And yes, it was preseason, but mm-hmm. the man went off. He got five. He got five sacks, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. And he looks like he's, he's bigger and better. Yes, he didn't go out and get a team like he, the, the New York Giants, cutting the Tennessee Titans and Falcons. But that happens in the league all the time. Uh, the other bloke we we got rid of, to Gray Scales, he was back and forth, right, with the Steelers for four or five years, and then we cut him about mm-hmm. uh, a few days ago. So. That is the nature of the beast, I think, in this league. There's what goes from 90 to 53. 
and the guys mm. on the fringe have to go out there and and he might be a camp guy but it's still it's still to me it's open competition for that, for the depth guy or backup behind Highsmith and uh TJ Watt yeah and i mean they're going to rotate them i mean think about this TJ Watt the, the game that he played the most snaps last season was week 1 against buffalo now he was well rested because he did not play a snap of the preseason and he played 69 snaps but that was 81% of the Steelers' snaps. He played a higher percentage of the snaps in other games. I think it's high. He played 90% of the snaps against Chicago, but it was only 56 snaps. Mm. Um, so I don't know that he's being overused. I don't the, – the closest way I would say to him being overused is if he's having to play when he's not healthy. If they have to play him a bunch yes. of snaps when he's not healthy, and I felt they had to do that some last year, and you could tell those games when that happened. Um, that's the one thing that I would I would be concerned with. But um, you still want outside linebacker depth. But it's something that I've said before um, in the staff Slack channel is you know someone raised the question of oh man the Steelers defensive line if Cam Hayward goes down. They don't have an answer. I'm like, you don't have an answer if TJ Watt goes down. You don't have an answer if, if Mick Fitzpatrick goes down. You don't have answers when all pro guys go down. You don't. That's I mean, because if you did, they would be they would be on the field anyway, because that's how that works. But if they were that good and anyway, that, that's why you have good players like that. Okay. So, but you do need to have someone that that you can enter into the rotation that that I mean, you still want to get TJ out there in those key moments. But you've got to have someone that can give him a breather in the middle of a drive or, or something um, when they can. Go ahead, Mark. So I've got a question, but do I need to type it in or just, just ask you? You can ask me. Okay, so I need to type it in. Right, <laughs> you don't have to type it in. <laughs> All right. So when we're speaking about TJ, right, this, is, this uh -huh. has been uh, bugging me. We, we can't win playoff games, right? Haven't won a playoff game in four times. What does TJ need to do to go out and win a playoff game? Or are the other teams just taking him, taking him out of the game? You know, the, 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 we haven't won. We haven't won a game with him. You mean a playoff game? Yeah, but yeah. You, do you want to know the truth? How I many games? Truth. How many games did TJ Watt quote unquote win for the Steelers last year? I mean, they wouldn't even be in the postseason if it wasn't for TJ Watt. He he's the one who won the. I mean, all, Chris Boswell just had to hit a chippy field goal. Because TJ Watt, he ended the first drive of the Seahawks in overtime. He then on the on the very next time they got the ball, he stripped it, recovered it, sack, set up the game winner. Look at the Cleveland game. <laughs> Type it in anyway, Mark. Um, look at the Cleveland game. The second, the, the 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 last Cleveland game. The first six drives of the game were. Or was it six out of eight? I think is what with Jeffrey and I did this article were ended by TJ Watt. Really? Where he ended the drive, so you know coming through on third down doing thing. Now, yes, there's 11 players on the field, but TJ Watt is making the big impact plays in key moments that is setting the Steelers up for victory. If it wasn't for TJ Watt, they wouldn't they wouldn't have been in the postseason last year. Well, if it wasn't for TJ Watt, they wouldn't have been in the postseason last year. Yeah, we saw that too with that Chiefs game as well, with the you know the, the sack fumble and the recovery. And he, I was like, yeah, I know. I'm, I mean, I'm I mean so he, he had happy. the touchdown. I mean, <laughs> what, what more could TJ Watt do in that game? This the the Kansas City Chiefs had not gone five straight drives without scoring hmm. all season, unless you look at them like take unless you count taking a knee as a drive. If you take out kneel downs as a drive, they did not go five straight drives without scoring. They went the first five drives of that playoff game without scoring. Yeah. And the and the only thing that kept the Steelers in the game was a TJ Watt touchdown. The offense let them down so mm -hmm. much that the defense, I mean, what more could you have asked for them to start that game? And yet they and yet boom, they were down at halftime. I was so pumped up. I was like, I think we have a chance. Yeah, the defense. <laughs> the, I mean, I mean, that game could have been a worse blowout than it was if it wasn't for the defense doing what they did. But they were asked to sustain it too much. There is no way that the Kansas City Chiefs should have had seven drives in the mm -hmm. first half. Now, granted, one of the I mean, they had back-to-back -back drives because the one was a turnover return for a touchdown. Then they had another drive, but still, they shouldn't have had to do that if. All the Steelers had to do was get a couple first downs late 
in the second quarter and they don't give the ball back to the Chiefs. That was, I mean, and I'm trying to go from memory from a game that I refuse to watch again because I'm still so frustrated (laughs) about it. But I mean, to me, the defense and, and specifically TJ Watt was doing everything for that team and set up that team that all they had to do was be adequate to win the game or to be, or, or to roll into halftime feeling good about themselves. And they were just not, not, I mean, they did everything shy of turning the ball over. You know what I'm saying? And then they turned the ball over it to start the second half. Yeah. You know? Sorry. Phil, I'm Phil apart, <laughs> it, it fell apart so fast and yeah. I was so excited to see. T- I'm like, Oh, we have a chance to beat the chiefs. Maybe we, we can be in this game, but the chiefs rolled with the punches. They, they, they just went through there. Um, you know, offense the you know the best way they can, and just kept kept you know kept chugging. But yeah, but I think it's a, I think it's a thing where I look at the players now, like you know Haywood and 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 Minka and TJ, and I'm like, it, I think time is it just feels like we have a chance on this defense to win a playoff game, no matter who we verse if we are healthy. I think I think it's a, I think it's a big chance. I think yeah. anyway. Yeah, but. yeah. So and and just look at how they spend their money. This team is this Steelers team is wrapped around the defense. And in, it's that's pretty dangerous in today's NFL with the dynamic offenses. But my goodness, I, I can't believe when you go back and look at the Pittsburgh Steelers 2021 season and the games and, and, and the games that they won. I mean, look at this. The Bills, 16 points. Okay. The Broncos, 19. The Seahawks, 20. The Browns, 10. I mean, the Bears had one of the higher point totals against them. Um in, in a game the Steelers won with 27, you know, then you had the, the tie at 16. Then you got into some of those games that you lost because they gave up 41 points, but the mm-hmm. offense wasn't helping them up. But then look, they beat the Ravens. Why? 19 points. Lost to the Vikings because of the 36. It, it, it was, it seems like it was the defense had to do so much. Tennessee, 13. Then they gave up 36 to the Chiefs and lost. 14 against the Browns, 13 against the Ravens. You see a common pattern here of if uh, about them about the defense having to keep them in the game. And and that's what it was. So if, if you could just get a little bit more out of your yeah. offense, um that to me that's what it comes down to. That's uh um, go ahead. That that first Browns game was pretty amazing to watch as well, keeping them to what 10 points or whatever. They they yeah. kind of was like a clinic, I think, on defense. But yeah. you are right. It's it's been what the defense is just it keeps in the game, but they must be getting tired. Or yeah. frustrated, or because like, I know, I know, as a player, as, as a person, if you're doing really well at your craft, and yeah. then you just think, you say, "Oh, what are you doing?" Again, I mean, three and out again. <laughs> well, and you're exactly right because I'm doing a series right now for the for the website. I'm sorry that we're going off on this. I want to get to some more questions, but I'm doing a series right now that I'm, I'm I want to know the best game of the Steelers of the year. Of course, you know, but rather than just ask what's the best game, we're doing a bracket style. And I and I eliminated all the losses and ties. All the losses and ties are done. How can it be your best game if you didn't win? So it's the nine wins. So I had to do a play-in game, you know, to, to get it down to a nice even bracket of eight. So the play-in game was uh, the Seattle game and the Bears game. Those were the two play-in games. Or that those two teams to go for the and, – and the voting is still there on the article um, until – I think tomorrow evening. I'm not sure. If it's tomorrow morning, I got to go adjust that. Um, then – but when I'm doing these – I'm watching a condensed highlights of, of the game and I'm doing a complete recap of the game, writing it. And so many times I'm saying after the Steelers went three and out or after the teams traded three and outs, I mean, even in these wins, I look at the time. I'm like their defense was never given any time to rest. Mm. I mean, sustain a drive. Now I know sometimes you score quick, but that's, that's a little bit uplifting. <laughs> that could get the adrenaline going. I mean, you don't get adrenaline pumped from a three and out. You just don't. And then you're right back on the field again. So the the biggest – how am I trying to say this? To me, the thing that was holding back the Steelers' defense the most last year wasn't the play of the inside linebackers, wasn't the, the defensive line. It was the offense. The offense was holding back the defense more than anything last year. There, I said it. Here's a quick question. I'm not going to go into the second part of this because I'm not sure what he's referring to. No offense, Steelers freak, but you asked a great question. Who will wear the green dot? He read Jack played better when not filling that role. Jeff Hartman wrote that about anyway about that. And then he said about 
I don't know who that was. If, if who had his way, I'm not sure that um, the pod truck would be in Bush's apartment today. Um, who do you think? What, what do you think I, they should do with the green dot? I, I think it will go to Miles Jack, to be honest. I think it takes a lot of mm-hmm. pressure off Devin Bush. Yeah. Uh, unless unless Devin Bush goes to the coach, Tomlin, and says, mate, I want to wear the green, green dot and have a discussion. But hopefully it won't distract either player if they don't get it. But I think whoever's, whoever mm-hmm. whoever goes to needs to be the best communicator uh, or, you know, on the team to get everyone, everyone um, uh, you know, situated. But also, too, like I think Minka does that, too, at the backfield. Yeah. He's always talking. And I know from like from from memory, like in two thousand eight, and those I always bring up those guys up. They had such good communication on defense. And even there was a, I think there was a clip the other day of Cameron Sutton talking to their secondary players on Steelers.com, and he was um, you know mic'd up, and he was talking about communication. So they need to get set up because I think like sometimes too, their skill level, they're all elite players, but getting in the right spot, knowing who they're going to mark, knowing mm. what's going to happen on certain plays, knowing what they're going to do before they actually uh, run the play. Is yeah, they need to be lined up, and and if things switch, then you need to act fast and be ready because teams can exploit a weak defense that has zero communication. How many times have you seen in the NFL that a guy has no idea what he's doing on the play? He's just running around, and they exploit that and they go for a touchdown. Like it happens all the time. Miscommunication is huge on defense. So yeah, um, I would say Miles Jack. I've got an outside the box suggestion. I'm not saying I think it'll happen, but this is just putting putting something different out there. Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, true. Just putting it out there. Okay, State of the Steelers wants to know if Calvin Austin can make a push for for playing time. Who does he take time on the field away from? Ooh, that's a great that's a great question. Yeah, that that, that <laughs> here I'm, I'm better. I, I clicked it off real quick. I would leave that up there. That's a good question. So, Calvin Austin, who would he take? I don't really know because it, would he be more of a slot guy? I guess being the third receiver. Yeah, I mean, he been... wasn't a slot guy, but he was playing it. Memphis, he's got to right. think that he's going to be more of a slot guy in the NFL because he's a much smaller dude. Yeah. And I think he, he can exploit the, the, the middle linebackers and those kind of guys too. So maybe you take time away from because that's like a two part question. First of all, who's going to take have that role to yeah. be taking the time away? So will yeah. it be Pickens or will it be uh Miles Boykin? That's a that's a great question, Sadis. So you can answer that one, Dave. <laughs> no, I, I, I already have Miles Boykin more of a I see him more of the James Washington role, maybe right. not getting a ton of snaps. Um, I could see Calvin Austin. See, it's really tough because when Juju was there, I, I could see him in the Ray Ray McLeod role. That you know, what, the, what it depends. But on. then and then and then Pickens. Well, but I would say he was in the Juju role. But that I could say the Ray Ray McLeod role before Juju was hurt. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not saying yeah. role. I'm, I'm thinking of number of snaps. Um, it depends I don't on the know, formation. I don't know too, how they're right? going to work that out. I really have because no clue. You, the formation as well. If you've got uh, Claypool, DJ, and Pickens all going for one, two, three, and depending on how they do like a trio set or they do like a you know the one, the uh, Najee in the, in the in the backfield too, Muth will be in there as well. Yeah. So I kind of think like my question that or answer that is where does the ball go? That's kind yeah. of similar. Does the ball go to Claypool? Does it go to DJ? Does it go to Pickens? Or will it go to Muth or Najee? And then you kind of think well maybe he will be the sixth person to get the ball. But in saying that, he's super fast, super quick. Um, getting involved in the offense, does he do more the, the end around stuff? I would love to see that. Or I, I really want to see him, I want to see Austin like versing a linebacker like and getting, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I think he'd be faster and, and, and hopefully his route running ability is good. But that's a great question because I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think the Steelers really know. It, we're, we're, well, well, they're not telling us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, where, where they're going to play him. But because like, what do you do with Pickens? Pickens there is a is a should hopefully be a, a good rookie year this year. But I like the idea of move too, and and not I don't want to I don't want the Steelers to pass the ball too much this year. I want to see Najee yeah. run. Well, I want to see the offensive line get the job done. That's what I want. Bottom line. So, to me, I just think you've got to get creative with your packages. In in and some packages you're not going to have. You know, you might not have both Claypool and DJ out there, and that's why you're going to want someone else like an Austin. So I don't know that he's going to take snaps away from anyone. I just think that they need to be creative with their with their packages. So I'm trying to find the next question because I have a lot of people answering other questions as we go here, which is really what we like to do. So I'm, I don't. I, I was trying not to miss one. I don't know if you have one. Um, uh, I've got one, but it's it's not in line though. Okay, go go ahead. Oh wait, wait. Right. Here I got one. Okay, go ahead. You do that one. Uh, and I get the next from one. Brian Brown says, "Do you think Canada will actually try and run the ball on the goal line this year? Ah, sneaky, sneaky shot at Canada." Well, 
And it's very simple. If the Steelers are not running the ball effectively on, uh, on the other 95 yards of the field, then it doesn't do any good to try to force the run on the five yard line. It really doesn't. Um, this was something, was that, was it, was I talking to, to you? And I, I jumped on after your show Friday night to, to make sure we were all set up for tonight. And I was trying to remember if this was something I was talking with you and, and Maddie about was the whole notion of uh, when the Steelers went, you know, when it's third and six, why are you either throwing at the line of scrimmage yeah, or yeah, throwing it, it 15 yards downfield? Yeah, and I'm like, did, that's yeah. because the, the defense is set up to not give you that six, to not give you six yards. So you either got to throw it over them or throw it shy to try to break something. That's where everyone's like, you know, throw it to the sticks, throw it to the stick. That's where the defense is set up. Mm-hmm. So the people that don't like Ben Roethlisberger taking the long shot on, you know, on third and three, they're like, why don't they throw a five-yard route? Because the defense is sitting on five-yard routes. So he thinks he can get that. And yes, it stinks that they don't, That and because they were not very good at completing those, that's why it would get so frustrating. You know, that that why would you keep doing it? So, but, but you can't constantly be, be, it's kind of like the defense all sitting up between the center and guard gap on both sides and everyone's sitting in there and you're still going to try to run a quarterback sneak. It's like if the defense is totally set up to, to, to say, Hey, you're, we're not going to let you do this. Don't try to do it. I mean, I can't can't stand those plays. Those ones are so I would rather give it to the back because that most times they don't work. Mm-hmm. I think the Steelers done a few times where they try and do the QB sneak and it just doesn't work. And you're like, well, as a fan, you're like, what are you just giving an energy? At least he would have he had a chance. Am I looking? I mean, sometimes Steelers fans get so caught up looking at the Steelers and what they're going to run, they don't look at what the defense is stacked up against them. Yeah, that's true. So I'm not saying that the Steelers should always take deep shots on third and three. And I'm and I'm not saying they should always throw it a yard behind the line of scrimmage. I'm just saying the defense is making it really hard to, to get four yards. So that's why sometimes you either need to throw it 10 or one, or, you know, it's the easier completion. Or like, was it you or Matty P that, that said it, that when you had – uh, Mr. Third and Fifth, that could still get open at that range Anytime. because he was that darn good. Mm-hmm. That's what the difference was. When you had someone that good mm-hmm. that could still get open, even though that's what the defense was sitting on like crazy, that that made a big difference. So when it comes to actually trying to run the ball on the goal line, I would love for them to do it, but I want them to do it because the run is actually working. Yeah, it makes sense. If you can't That's, do it, yeah, if you yeah. can't do it on the twenty-five yard line. What, how, what makes a difference? That you're going to do it where they they know you're going to yeah. run at the at the goal line. So yeah, and and if you're like, oh, well, it's first and goal with the four. Can we get four yards and three downs? I mean, all you got to do is, you know, if if you're taking three shots into the end zone, you only have to complete one of them when you're passing it. If you don't think you can get the four yards and three rushes, mm-hmm. and, and how the rest of the game is is playing, I mean, to me. You bring in the jumbo package, and and if they and if the defense lines, I mean, that's why I love the package of you know Derek Watt, Chase Claypool, Zach Gentry, Pat Fairmuth, Najee Harris, and then they come in with a super jumbo defense. Go five wide. I love yeah. that idea. <laughs> you know, because you you got the guys that could do that. You know, maybe this year Connor Hayward could be someone that does that. So, um, man, we're 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 taking a lot of time to answer questions, but these are these are fun. Here, Steelers six forty forty six says, what impact is Brian Flores oh. going to make on the defense? That's the million dollar question. I reckon oh. huge, huge. Yeah, I'm to, to me. To me, it's going to be, you know, hopefully a very good one. I, I'm telling you, like in a short answer, huge. That's there's huge. my shame for it. Huge. Can't wait. Okay. Um, just me was a follow-up question to hers, and I, I realized she was typing quick. I got this. Will Skipper and Highsmith do as good? Um this year? I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Skipper's gotta make the team. I don't think he's guaranteed to make it, but I don't think he should be cut this week. Um, yeah, so it's so funny because the title of the show was about was talking about OTAs. We haven't had any, <laughs> we haven't had any questions about OTAs, have we? Um, yeah, uh, lots of lots of things. Um, this is a good one, and this this is probably going to be our last one that we can get to because we're running out of time. Okay, Sherry Richards says, if we sign another free agent, what position would you sign it at? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, free agent, what position? Oh, you know what? To spark things up, I would love to see a running back just to yeah. just 
make Steel uh, Nation go crazy. And maybe that could give us a bit of hope, I guess, without, you know, um, I can't remember who the, who is who's who's who in the zoo on the free agent, but surely that would give people like Snell and McFarlane like, hey, it's not just you on the team. There's a new guy coming in who might take your spot. Um, that or maybe cornerback or maybe secondary too. I'm not too sure. You making sure we understand the accent? You said cornerback, right? Yeah, cornerback. Yes. Okay, make sure. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> allow the translation say, hey, we need another quarterback in here. No, nah, we've got enough, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think they do too. Um, my answer to that, I love your answer running back. And I even say the, the longer you wait, if you're going to bring in a veteran running back, the more that they're going to understand their role. Because right now a running back might be, hey, I want him to come, you know, they might have, I said this in the preview, they might have the whole idea of LeGarrette Blunt. Or as you go, as you're getting closer to camp or into camp and some of these guys might not have a job, they're like, um, yeah, I'll come in and play and realize that there might be games that I get some snaps, but no carries. And there might be games that I'm, that I'm going to get 10 or 12, you know, that, that it just, it's all going to depend on other things that Najee's the man. And I'm mm-hmm. just need to be there for the support. If they understand that, that's what I would like the biggest signing to be. I mentioned about offensive tackle. The struggle there is you, you only play two, you don't rotate them. If you bring in somebody else, then what if the two guys you have are great? What if the, you know, what if, to me, I, you almost have to feel like you have to get your feet wet on what you have there. But I wouldn't be opposed if they did that one. Corner, to me, you would have to have an upgrade over what you already have. And that's either A, really tough to find, or B, really expensive. So that's why I don't know that that would work. So um, I like your running back answer. So sorry, I was so so caught up in, in, um, in answering it um, that I didn't see if we, if we had one more. Um, um, uh, getting out. what I'm loving is seeing answers to all our questions. So, uh, so what, what, you know what? We've actually reached our time. Um, OTAs. I'm going to, I'm going to say something about OTAs since the whole thing was about OTAs. Still don't understand what happened where the last four disappeared. And now this week is minicamp. Uh, we've, we've reached out to some people that we know that, that are, that, that cover the Steelers that are there at OTAs and, they don't know either. They don't know what happened. So they're like, yeah, that's a big mystery to us too, that all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's like they it, it's like they erased a week out of the calendar yeah. and just bumped another one forward. Maybe, maybe they just thought, you know, it's all voluntary. No one show up. You know, yeah. just thought, okay, we'll have a week off. Or I mean, <laughs> I have seen before that they that they cut OT that they that they only did two days of minicamp. Um, if I remember right, that they didn't do as much minicamp because they said, Hey, everyone was here and we got everything in. So we weren't going to overwork the guys. Yeah, well, so, we have the, the rookie, the rookie uh, mini camp as well. They're getting uh-huh. involved in the system. Guys coming back. I think we at the moment for me in the OTAs and now it's completed. There's no there's no real drama. I don't think with the Steelers team with people not showing up. We now know the, the resolution with to it. And we now know uh, that uh, Deontay Johnson is back. Nothing to me stands out of guys. Yeah. I, I think they're building that brotherhood again. And that might be because, uh, you know, Big Ben had said, thank you, see you later. And now it's like a more youthful team. And they're building that brotherhood, I think, again, how they used to have it. That's what I see from watching a lot of Steeler videos anyway. Yeah. So, Mark, to finish up, what do you have going on? What's what what uh, where can everyone find you on Twitter and (laughs) and things like that? You know, anything you want to plug right now? I thought you meant today. Like today, I'm probably going to get some lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I got uh, <laughs> I got lunch coming up here. <laughs> I haven't had no, no breakfast yet today, so I might get you know, some food. Um, well, look, to be honest, like I've got my Steel Nation Australia page. I do, I do stuff mm-hmm. on that and then YouTube. I'm not too, I'm not too much around like the Twitter. I still don't really understand Twitter, to be honest. <laughs> like how there's like you do a tweet and then people tweet under that, and it's so confusing how to see people's replies. I just don't get it. Like, like. Like you'll you'll be tagged in something, and I know I, I tag stuff with BTSC all the time. I retweet and stuff like that. My following isn't that big; it's like a hundred people. But I just don't mm-hmm. understand. I just wasn't. It's not really an Australian thing, to be honest. Like Twitter isn't like I sit on my yeah. phone and I get angry about uh, we got this guy, we don't get that guy. I just don't really understand it. It's like, yeah. But overall, I'm here on uh, BTSC and I do stuff with uh, Maddie with uh, Touchdown Under, and that's super fun. But it's yeah. great to be part of the the question and answer. But Social media stuff. I'll be honest, man. Like, I'm an old head. Like, I like using it, but I also like walking away from it too. And I think we actually do need yes. that as Steeler fans sometimes. Uh, we're in June. We appreciate you guys coming here on the live chat and the audio, but sometimes you just need to walk away, 
you know, and like um, uh, who was it? Her is it Herm Edwards? Don't press send. Yeah, don't press send. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I. I changed something with my Twitter. I still have pe- I still follow, but I I have a I have a list of where it's just the my my top twenty Steelers coverage people mm-hmm. that I know are only going to be tweeting about the Steelers and getting my Steelers news and everything like that. I created that list. I don't really go to anything else other than that list anymore, and it's really you know because I only want my Steelers news for Twitter. Um, so if people follow me, you'll get my articles and whatnot. But make sure that you are checking out the Steelers touch down yeah, under. Not, not under. <laughs> um, what you guys are what around around five p.m. five thirty uh, Pittsburgh yeah, no, time no, no, on I, Fridays. I don't, know, I don't know when we're on. To be honest, we're here everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you, you you get up on Saturday morning and do a show. That's I don't even know. I don't even leave this room. I just stay in here the whole week. It's easier that way. <laughs> so that way you are ready to go for your show. <laughs> and uh, ever, make sure you're checking out all the podcasts. You know, Marky D on the Touchdown Under. Matty P also has his own individual show of the War Room. We've got the morning lineup with with uh, Jeff three days a week with Let's Ride. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict on Tuesday. My Stat Geek on Thursday. Great noon lineup of audio stuff. And this was your second YouTube and you and Facebook Live show on Sunday. Already had Tate Boys earlier today. We've got the two on Fridays with you guys. And, and Tony, and then we are every other every other night except Saturday. You've got a show. Um, I know the Hangover generally runs a little bit earlier on Mondays. Otherwise, they're going off between eight and nine p.m. Pittsburgh time um, with all the rest of them. So, Marky D, it was. I'm sorry we we kind of got off on just talking about some of these stuff, but that's why I wanted to do a show with you because it was so much uh, fun. What, we can just do it. What podcasts are you know? And we're in the off season, so we can talk stuff. And we talked about like I loved it. It was great. Yeah, me and Maddie talked about pizza for about fifteen minutes. The other, you know, a few podcasts back. So that's what podcasts are. They're fun. They, you know, it's having the conversation about the steals and getting everyone involved in the live chat. I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah. It. it was a good time. I uh, exactly. I hope the live chat enjoyed that. This was here uh, for for you guys, and you know, we got to send it off the right way. What what do we say to send off these podcasts? Go Steelers.